I'm Earl Ellis with Ellis Farm in Comanche, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas. Agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. As always, we appreciate you tuning in and listening to another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the American Sheep Industry Convention is underway in Denver. We'll head up to Denver to check in with the president of ASI coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. From time to time, ranchers will want to bring some new members to their team. I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll talk about introducing young bulls to your herd. The 2023 soybean harvest yielded high performances, while the look ahead to the 2024 crop is very promising. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have a report on Texas Ag Today. 2024 brings the new Junior Livestock Show season to the Lower Coastal Bend. This is Harvey Buring reporting from the Corpus Christi area. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The American Sheep Industry Association's annual convention is underway this week in Denver. Brad Boner is a sheep producer from Wyoming, and he's the current president of the ASI. This is our annual meeting uh, for the American Sheep Industry Association. We'll have uh, over 15 other entities that will meet there with us, so it really is an industry-wide meeting. You know, everybody looks forward to getting together and doing their business and then doing a little networking and uh, those kinds of things for uh, those of us that are involved in the sheep business. Boner says the convention is a good time to look back on issues the sheep industry has faced over the last year and look forward to what's coming this year. Well, of course, we've been trying to figure out when and if we're going to get a farm bill done, as every other ag entity is going. So we continue to hope that that comes to pass sooner rather than later. And then uh, also uh, uh, working on uh, some investigations on land imports the last couple of years or the, over the last year, also monitoring uh, some of the uh, out-of-the-norm stuff. Some of the Biden administration agencies have been doing it, particularly the public land agencies, uh, and trying to keep them uh, from rocking our world too much. The American Sheep Industry Convention runs through Saturday. Drought levels here in Texas are much better than they were a few months ago. Timely rainfall over the past several weeks and months has improved drought conditions across much of the state. 
According to the U.S. Drought Monitor, 39.5% of the state is now suffering from moderate or worse drought. That's up less than 1% from last week, but is 40 percentage points lower than the same time three months ago. About 8.8 million Texans are living in areas impacted by drought. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Go Texan program is celebrating its 25th birthday. The program was established in 1999 and has been a driving force in fostering economic growth, highlighting the diversity of Texas products, and championing the state's agricultural producers. Texas Commissioner of Agriculture Sid Miller says the birthday celebration symbolizes TDA's 25-year commitment to showcasing the unparalleled quality and variety of Texas products. The Go Texan program has grown over the years to encompass a wide range of products, including fresh produce, meats, wines, and other specialty goods. Introducing young bulls to your herd can require some patience. James Hunt has more. This week, we've been hearing from Jennifer Kojol of the Texas Tech School of Veterinary Medicine on the topic of bull management. Today's subject concerns handling the introduction of newcomers to your herd. Dr. Kojol says yearling bulls are most commonly sold around 13 to 15 months of age. But, she says, ranchers purchasing those young bulls may need to be patient with some of them. We need to realize as we are testing bulls that when we're in that younger period, really that 13-month period, that there is going to be bulls that are found to be still immature and that they are going to get deferred. Doesn't mean that they will not be satisfactory potential breeders in the future, just not today. And so we need to expect that. We need to realize that 20 to 30 percent of those bulls at any given time are not going to be good. And that's just something that we have to wait for, that we can't rush Mother Nature. Dr. Kojal also says from a strategic standpoint, it's best to not mix young bulls in with older ones. So bulls are certainly like any other animal species and that there's definitely a hierarchy system. And so definitely those older bulls will have a higher ranking in the hierarchy than the younger bulls. So the older bulls will often outwork the young bulls. They will often be the ones breeding the cows and those young bulls won't get an opportunity. So if we're really wanting those young bulls to work and to show their potential, we need to put them in cohorts amongst themselves instead of mixing a younger and older cohort. Once again, that was Jennifer Kojal with the Texas Tech Vet School. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. 2023 was a good year for soybeans. Tom Nicoletti has the story. My guest is Clint Schaffer. He is Asgro brand manager with Bear Crop Science. And uh, Clint, for uh, soybean farmers in Texas and elsewhere, how did the 2023 uh, harvest season go as far as you guys are concerned? Yeah, we've been uh, incredibly happy with the uh, with the performance coming out of 2023. We had a new launch of products uh, last year with our XF3 class. A lot of farmers got to try those out, just seeing great results. Even given the drought aspects that, uh, that we've seen in different areas and some of those different stressors, still being able to really push out of the ground, utilizing that robust genetic background of all of our products, still being able to yield in the end. And very happy with the results coming out of 23. 
Yes, you mentioned the drought, and certainly Texas soybean farmers had to deal with that in 23. When we look at just soybeans in general, they can take a lot of stress nowadays. When we look at just the Bayer Crop Science pipeline, all the innovation and research and development coming out of that, Asgro gets to pick the best of the best out of those products. And I think that really sets us up for success in some of those stressful weather events, such as lack of rain. Clint, let's look ahead to 2024. What's on the horizon for soybeans and Asgro? Yeah, we're really excited for this year's launch as well. So we have 23 new products across basically all the relative maturity groups with our XF4 class. And again, being able to see that results coming out of that pipeline that we we're talking about, we've seen a lot of them in plots this year. It's incredible uh, yield results. Very excited about some of these products that are on the horizon for 24. You pair that up with our Acceleron uh, seed treatment as well, protect that seed going in, I think uh, just really sets us up for a very successful 24 season. That is Clint Chapman. He is brand manager for Asgro with Bear Crop Science. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Livestock show season is underway. Harvey Buring has this update from Corpus Christi. January is an exciting time for the 4-H and FFA youth who live in the counties across the lower coastal bend. Uh, They're getting started uh, this week with the longest running and largest youth show in the area, and that's the 89th Annual Nueces County Junior Livestock Show. And it'll involve some 865 youth this year who've entered over 3,800 different types of projects and are involving themselves in many competitive events in the upcoming show. This 12-day county show will conclude on January the 20th with the big junior livestock show Blue Ribbon Auction that'll take place. At that time, the auction sale last year involved some 585 youth, and the sale grossed over $2.5 million. Youth in our neighboring counties of San Patricio and Clayburg will have their annual junior livestock shows the final week of January. Now, meanwhile, across the area, row crop farmers are certainly pleased with the improvements in soil moisture. That situation is far better than it's been the last several years. Most growers that we've visited with have indicated that they're about two-thirds or three-fourths completed with their fertilizer and final land preparation work. Planting is just about a month to six weeks away for corn producers in our part of the state. And we visited with a number of cotton producers who are still on the sidelines hoping for a rally in that cotton market. And many are saying without cotton prices moving into that mid-85 to 90 cent per pound range, they may be reducing their planted acres by as much as 10 to 15 percent again in the coming season. Reporting for Texas Ag Today from the Coastal Bend area, this has been Harvey Buring. This week, oral rabies vaccines will be airdropped along the Texas-Mexico border. I'm Jessica Domal and I'll explain why coming up on Texas Ag Today. And spring calving season is just around the corner. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. 
Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Spring calving season is just around the corner. Dr. Bob Judd looks at ways to resuscitate newborn calves. Dr. Andrew Dan indicates at Drovers.com that any time he has a calf born with a difficult birth called a dystocia, resuscitation is likely to be required. Breech calves, oversized calves, backward calves, and any calves that require assistance in delivery generally will need some resuscitation. So if this occurs, you can expect to spend more time after they are born to help them survive. The first thing to do is assess the calf as a typical calf should breathe 30 seconds after a delivery, lift its head in three minutes, be sitting up in five minutes, and standing in one hour. Calves in distress do not stand for long and nurse well. One method of assessing calves objectively is using a calf Vigor score that is available for your iPhone for about $3, and that is V-I-G-O-R and is available at the App Store. This helps you determine the status of the newborn calf. As far as resuscitation, clear the calf's nasal passages and stick a piece of straw in the nasal cavity to stimulate breathing or pour a small amount of cold water in the ear. Get the calf sitting up as soon as possible as they can breathe better in sternal recumbency as lying on their side makes them more susceptible to pneumonia. Also, don't hang these calves upside down over a gate or sling them like we did in the past as this keeps them from expanding their lungs. In calves that have trouble breathing, many times it is due to the sedative that the cow was given for a cesarean surgery, and the drug Dopram can be given to the calf in the vein to stimulate respiration. If a calf was involved in a difficult birth, a lot of these calves are painful and will do much better if given an anti-inflammatory injection of meloxicam. Ask your veterinarian for their advice on resuscitating newborn calves. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Oral rabies vaccines are being airdropped across the Texas-Mexico border this week. Jessica Domal explains in today's Wildlife Report. To control and prevent the spread of rabies among wildlife, livestock, and people, this month the Texas Department of State Health Services will be airdropping oral rabies vaccine baits over 18 counties along the Texas-Mexico border. The airdrop flights kicked off Tuesday in Edinburgh in Hidalgo County. DSHS says the oral rabies vaccine bait airdrop program has successfully controlled and prevented domestic dog coyote variant rabies and gray fox variant rabies infections. Kathy Parker, the project director, said the goal of the program is to vaccinate coyotes and gray foxes along the border to maintain herd immunity against rabies and to keep new or previously eliminated rabies variants from becoming established in Texas. The vaccine bait drops launched from Edinburgh this week will launch from Del Rio on January 15th and from Alpine on January 21st. Four aircraft and a helicopter will be used for the drops, with 8 to 16 flights likely per day at 500 to 1,000 feet above the ground. The vaccine baits are dropped along half-mile intervals, and more than 820,000 oral vaccine rabies baits will be dropped at 64 to 70 baits 
per square mile. The baits look like a fast food ketchup packet. They include a vaccine wrapped in a plastic packet that is dipped in fish oil and coated with fish meal crumbs to attract target wildlife. DSHS says the vaccine has been proven safe when given to more than 60 species of mammals and birds. The program costs approximately $2 million and is funded by the state and the U.S. Department of Agriculture to prevent the spread of rabies. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmull. It's time to check the markets. We'll be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Cattle futures managed to close mostly higher on Wednesday. In fact, we were higher on everything except the nearby February live cattle contract. And it was only down two cents. It closed at 170.75. Everything else closed higher with April live cattle up 7, 173.67. June up 35. At 171.10. Higher across the board on feeder cattle. January feeders up 85 cents, 224.62. March up $1.25, 226.12. April up $1.10, 231.45. Cash fed cattle market still quiet for the week. Of course, we've got all of these weather issues affecting feedlots from the Texas Panhandle all the way into the northern plains, and that's definitely causing some disruptions in cattle marketing this week. We do see asking prices from some feedlots here in the southern plains at 174 and higher. Boxed beef prices higher Wednesday, choice up at $1.79, 281.95, select up 411 at 266.94. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Rodney Butler's my guest in the alleyway. They're at Beeville Livestock today. They had a great sale on Friday. Rodney, tell these good folks about it. Uh, we had a good sale. The market was strong, active on cattle, and we had some good cattle, so they sold well, sir. Walk the pens with me. All right, we had a little over 500 head. We had a horse and 19 sheep and goat. That whole market was active. Your two to 300 pound steers were 298 to 360. Heifers, 216 to 318. 300, 400 pound steers, 252 to 345. Heifers, 219 to 305. 400, 500 pound steers, 226 to $3. Heifers, 208 to 280. 500, 600 pound steers, 210 to 259. Heifers, 186 to 232. 600 to 700 pound steers were $2 to 230. Heifers, 179 to 214. 700 to 800 pound steers were $1.87 to 226, and heifers were 144 to 166. Biker cows were pretty steady from since last year. They brought in from 60 to 98. Docker bulls brought from 84 to $1.34. Docker cows brought anywhere from 64 to a dollar, with some bred cows dollaring out around that 1100. And our pairs we had were from 1,000 to 1275, sir. Good. 
Do you know of anything for this next variety? Yes, I do. I know about 100 Charlotte cross calves, common steers, and heifers mix, and then probably around 80 or so black baldy, red baldy heifers and steers mix, sir. And uh, I know of some longhorn cross cows coming. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Rodney Butler. You can call me here at Cell Barn at 361-358-177 or call me on my mobile, 645-5002. Rodney, we appreciate you. Talk to you later in the week. Yes, sir. Take care. Thank you. And neighbor, I'll echo Rodney's sentiment. You folks take care. Be sure to come back to Walk in the Pens here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. I'm your host every Monday through Friday on this Texas Farm Bureau Radio Affiliate Station. You're listening to us right this second, though, on Texas Ag Today. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs finished higher on Wednesday. February hogs up 20 cents, 72.07. April hogs up 45 at 78.95. Class 3 milk was mixed. The nearby January down 4 cents, 15.21, 100 weight, while February milk was up 28 cents, 16.26, 100. Lower close in the cotton market. Traders getting ready for Friday's USDA World Agricultural Supply and Demand, or WASDE, report, as we call it. We closed out with March cotton down 55 points, 80.18. May cotton down 47, 81.33. New crop December cotton down 26 points, 79.19. Not much movement in the corn market at all. March corn up a quarter penny Wednesday, closing at 459 and a half. May corn unchanged, 471 and a half, with September corn down three quarters, 485 a bushel. Not a lot of movement in the wheat market either, but we did see hard wheat slightly lower, with soft wheat slightly higher. March Kansas City wheat down two and a half, 624 and a half. March Chicago wheat up three quarters at 610 and three quarters. In the energy markets, February natural gas down 14 cents at 304. February West Texas crude down 93 cents, 71.31 a barrel. The financial market slightly higher Wednesday afternoon. The Dow up 141 points, 37,671. The Nasdaq up 98, 14,956. With the S&P up 23 points, 4,779. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.